say we i mean specifically me and the voices inside of my head uh roger's not gonna be with us for this episode but that's okay he just had some stuff going on you know no big deal sometimes you got tcob and to be quite frank it's probably for the best regardless because he would be entirely out of his depth today we're talking about boomer shooters as they're so called i I liked the term boomer shooters for a long time. You know, it didn't feel inflammatory or anything. I'm not a boomer. I mean, I'm in my mid-20s, but I guess if you ask someone in their mid-teens, then they think I am, right? Now we're getting to a point where it's going back and forth, like boomer shooter, zoomer shooter, and all of that's really fucking stupid. If, If you're, like, gatekeeping games based on the typical age range of people who play them, you're a fucking retard. So, with that out of the way, we're going to be talking about the boomer shooters. For those of you that haven't heard of that term, I would say the best way to describe it is it's kind of a breath of fresh air, a reimagining, a retooling of the classic game mechanics and design that in part made way for gaming to become as prevalent as it is today, specifically within the first-person shooter category. Anyone who listened to last week's episode about Shadow Warrior heard the the little argument, little tiff me and Roger had over the nomenclature of me saying Shadow Warrior is a Doom clone, right? Again, to someone who isn't super familiar with the history of all of this and how it broke out, that may sound like a negative, right? But the truth is, objectively speaking, it just means that It's a game that followed the Doom format after Doom, right? There was a bunch of them, and they're great games that are beloved to this day. I posted that short as well as a TikTok of it. I'm not much of a talker myself, but I do post the shorts content onto the talk uh, because obviously I'm biased and pandering. I want to get those Zoomers on my side, right? Don't hate the player, hate the game. One guy, I can't remember your name, And I'm not going to look it up to quote it, but he said it's similar to how people call games Souls-like, right? And that's hitting the nail on the head. There's nothing negative inherently about saying a game is Souls-like. There's nothing negative inherently about saying a game is a Doom clone, right? So in the context of talking about boomer shooters, what we're saying is games that rely heavily on those old mechanics and design concepts, right? specifically in first-person shooters. Some of the big things are going to be very memorable characters. I would roll this in with charm, in a sense, right? And the design of these characters is important. From a enjoyable perspective, you want to kind of get out there. You want to be a little weird. You want to be a little fringe. And many of the games that I'm going to bring up do this very, very well, you know? I remember every single character that I ever had to deal with in Dusk specifically, right? Because they're all very different and unique. From a more functional standpoint, this is kind of the subtext or subconscious of you playing the game and enjoying it and feeling like it's fair and rewarding. Back in the day, it was commonly accepted and kind of industry standard that your different characters are going to have different sounds when they spawn in, right? They're going to come after you in different ways. When you kill them, they're going to make different sounds. And whether or not you're conscious of that, that allows you to keep much better track of where everything is and what's happening and prioritizing targets. And because you have all of this organization going on subconsciously, you're able to take on much bigger, more frantic fights, typically in arenas and things like that. So it's a, it was largely a very punishing, high-speed, you know, lots of output style of first-person shooter. Some of the other mechanics that are prevalent are a lack of reloading, right? I'm not saying no games had reloading or anything, but largely instead of having 
for those of us that have been that were playing in the early mid 2000s right that's a bit of a broader audience in games like halo your modern call of duties you know the the list goes on just about every first person shooter you could think of tell me if i'm right or wrong you're going to have a primary weapon you're going to have a sidearm or you're going to have two primary weapons and a sidearm right you kind of have this three, sometimes four weapon combination. If you're really lucky, you might have a melee weapon beyond all of that. But even then, not typically. Primary, secondary, or primary, primary, secondary is typically how it goes, right? Uh, well, back in the day, in the 90s, in games like Thief, Doom, Hexen, etc., you're looking at six-plus weapons, right? And instead of individually reloading these weapons, you typically have an ammo pool. So as you pick things up, say you can have a maximum of 250 shotgun shells, doesn't matter if it's a double barrel or not, nobody cares. You have as much ammo as you have in reserve for your weapon, regardless. Some of the mechanics that are hitting now on a newer generation that are becoming a little bit more appreciated, like in Doom Eternal and Shadow Warrior, the instant reload and swapping weapons, that comes as a reiteration of simply using reserve ammo, right? It's a little bit higher skill, a little bit spruced up with modern gaming by using it as a clever way to skip a reloading animation and saving time. But back in the day when it started, it was mostly using entirely your ammo reserve. So, and I'll also say boomer shooters don't necessarily have to have bad graphics, if you want to call them that. They're typically not actually low poly, but they're low resolution, right? Or the other way around. It's, it's kind of deliberately bad, but like I've touched on many times, it's not that it's bad. It's that it's more simplified, right? Similar to how you could compare CGI to a cartoon, right? The original CGI Sonic looks like dog shit, right? It's nightmare fuel. The cartoon Sonic looks cute, cuddly, cool, whatever you want him to be, right? His face is much more expressive. He has these big eyes. You can see the determination, things like that. And I'm a big believer that in many ways you can really lean into that when you're when you break the chains of realism. Reality's fucking whack, dude. Have you guys been around since 2019? Reality's fucking overrated. Let's lean back into cartoons and shenanigans. That's where the real fun's always been. Regardless, boomer shooters, we got a good little list. It's not every single boomer shooter, and I don't think it should be, right? People have differing opinions. I'll go ahead and let you know what I'm throwing into this conversation. And then we can get into the tier list. So this is not every single game. I have lots of games that I've played all the way through that are not going to be in this list. And there are also lots of games that people played all the way through that they would say should be in this list. Right? It's one of two things. Either I don't think it fits the conversation of boomer shooters well enough, right? There's not enough overlap with the core concept of being a boomer shooter. Or it's a game that I haven't played, or I haven't played extensively enough, right? That that has happened. I haven't played every single one of them, you know? But I've played most of them. I've played the really good ones, at least. With one exception, but we'll get to that in a second. Starting off, coming in hot. Tier list. Let's talk about Dusk. All right. Right off the rip, I guarantee you, anyone listening to this, Dusk is an S tier boomer shooter. It's an S tier game in general, right? What does Dusk do so well? Why do I keep hearing about this game that looks like dog shit? Well, firstly, the mechanics are super solid, right? That's important. Secondly, the guns feel impactful. I promise you, if you think I'm making this up, you can go play whatever game has your favorite guns and mute it or replace it with shitty sound effects. If there's any screen shake or anything, you can take that off. There's lots of different ways to create a sense of impact 
when you pull the trigger in a first-person shooter, and Dusk does that very well. If they didn't, I guarantee you that game would not get nearly the acclaim it does. On the creativity side, it's way the fuck out there, dude. It's ridiculous. It's absurd, and that's why it's so good. You're literally waking up in a in like a meat processing room on a hook, like a side of beef, surrounded by plaid flannel overall wearing rednecks running at you with chainsaws, right? There's wizards and shit like that. There's the Wendigos, which are absolutely haunting and terrifying, right? And the way the game introduces all of these different new characters and bosses and stuff is so perfect. There's a reason Dusk has been praised beyond belief for its intentional design, right? So on top of having that old school aesthetic, that old school charm, lots of interesting things, the guns feeling great, and the movement and physics of the game being some of the most absurd you could possibly play, right? I'm someone who likes the bunny hop. You don't even have to know how to bunny hop in this game to get your speed up to like 10,000 units per second, right? It sounds game-breaking that you can very quickly and easily build up massive amounts of speed to let you traverse like 15 football fields in a matter of seconds. But somehow the maps are designed around that. You're encouraged to do that. It's not mandatory, right? but it's allowed and it's encouraged. If they didn't create the maps in a way that you could use that movement, you would have people like me going high speed, slamming into walls and doorways every five seconds until they just stop doing it overall, right? Because it's not effective, but it is effective, right? So on top of all of these other great things on Dusk, the soundtrack is done by my boy, Andrew Herschelts, right? Mick Gordon is God, but Andrew Herschelts is G- is Jesus, right? Not dissing David Levy. I believe that's his name. I just didn't enjoy his work on the soundtrack in Doom Eternal nearly as much as either of them. Andrew Herschelts has really carved out a niche with these boomer shooters and these old school titles where he just understands it, man, and he hits it. He hits it hard, and it's absolutely great. Can't recommend Dusk highly enough. S-tier, not a doubt in my mind, right? So the next game, I'm going out of my way to not do this in any deliberate order, right? I want to kind of set different parameters for the games that we're talking about and where they need to be. I don't want to go straight through S-tier. But let's go ahead and say that Dusk is the S-tier standard. So, Proteus, right? Definitely never got the name recognition or the acknowledgement that Dusk did. And honestly, it's been a long time since I played this game. It wasn't finished at the time. I don't know if they ever did finish it. I really hope they did because they had gotten so much stuff right. Again, the guns and weapons overall felt super good. The enemies were interesting They had that whole Hellfire Brimstone thing going on, at least in some levels, and they executed it very well. Proteus, while it may not be as good as Dusk, in my opinion, the the combat loop is every bit as entertaining, without a shadow of a doubt. You know, you get a lot more color, you're getting a lot more explosion, there's a lot more satisfaction in hitting some of these big things, right? Proteus is an absolute blast. I would say that it's going to be, for those that don't want to play boomer shooters or haven't because, you know, they think it looks like shit. They're struggling to grasp that. Proteus is definitely more on the stylized side without being super reminiscent of a particular area of graphics, right? Like, Dusk really leans into that old school Quake vibe almost similar to PlayStation 1 graphics, right? That kind of chunky polygonal stuff. Proteus, I would say, is more of a specialized color palette, almost more like pixel art, but not quite as 2D as some other entries, but we'll get to those in a minute. So just so we're on the same page, we're establishing the boundaries. We have Dusk in S tier, absolutely. 
Proteus in A tier, right? Really good game, super fun. I don't know if they made it better with the additional levels, additional bosses, that kind of thing. But even at where I played it, which was probably six months to a year ago, maybe even more, it was already A tier. It's a seriously slept on game that is a great time. B tier, right? What could be on B tier? Well, let me tell you. In my B tier, I have Project Warlock, right? Project Warlock is an absolutely great game, in my opinion. Super fun, super easy to get into. The appeal is immediate, right? My thing with Project Warlock is it doesn't feel enough like a boomer shooter, right? I don't think that... You could almost even say it doesn't belong in this conversation. At least part of me would agree with you on that, without a doubt. But it is in the conversation, right? Because I was looking into this, putting my list together on games I wanted to talk about, and everyone else thinks it should be. Yeah, for me, Project Warlock... Well, it's not even just my opinion. It's much more in the roguelite category than in the boomer shooter category. Basically, I think the overlap exists because you have arena fights and you have a decent arsenal that includes some really cool shotguns, right? No spoilers. Um, And it, it plays in that same kind of frantic way, but it's not a super boomer shooter in my opinion and honestly aside from the technicalities on whether or not it should be called that the reason i have it as b tier is because it's good it's fun right but it's not life-changing right it's not going to give you an insatiable thirst for similar games right i would say dusk would do that doom eternal would do that and for the record, I'm not bringing Doom Eternal into this conversation. Doom Eternal is in a league of its own by every every conceivable metric, right? But those games really spark this fire that you need to keep feeding, right? That, for me, wasn't there with Project Warlock. Super fun game, super entertaining, had a good time playing it. I just don't think it's, you know, one of the best necessarily. Really good game, though. Don't think I'm dissing Project Warlock. If you haven't heard of it, or if you have heard of it and you're vaguely interested, definitely give it a play. Try it. Download the demo, right? And Project Warlock 2 is coming out soon. So you can get the demo for that and check that out. And I have every intention of playing Project Warlock 2. If they improve it whatsoever, then Project Warlock 2 is probably going to be an A-tier game for me possibly even S, right? So now that we've kind of established roughly what I'm considering different places, let's get into it. Let's let's break the form. I'm not going to go through and give you my C and D tier. Let's just jump into the list that we haven't touched on. And one very near and dear to my heart, a medieval. Again, a medieval is probably the only game on this list that has received the praise and recognition that Dusk has. And I say it's 1,000% merited. Again, a medieval is truly a masterclass in game design when we talk about what do the enemies look like? What do the maps look like? Do they make sounds? How are the weapons? I would say... And, oh, yeah, let me not gloss over the fact, soundtrack also done by Andrew Hersholt, right? Like I said, that is your guy if you're looking for a good metal-influenced first-person shooter soundtrack, in my opinion. So the thing with a medieval for me, and I'll go ahead and say it, if you ask me to pick a medieval or dusk, it's a medieval, right? I love dusk, think super highly of it. But what I really like about a medieval is the the influence of magic and wizardry and interstellar horror, you know, that kind of weird stuff. For instance, Dusk hits all of the required points, right? It's very reminiscent of games of old and its weaponry, right? So you could say it's more similar to Doom. You have 
your assault rifle, you have pistols, you have sickles as melee weapons, you have a crossbow that's super fun and cool, rifle, stuff like that. Shotgun, obviously. In a medieval, it's it's a little bit harder to pin down, right? Because you have a battle axe, you have a magic wand, for lack of a better term, you have a black hole shooter, right? You have a sword that throws, like, phantom blades at people. So it's, if you were going to make the comparison to games from back in the day, it would be that Dusk is like a combination of Quake or Doom, right? That kind of thing. And a Medieval would be closer to like Hexen, right? Lots more magic and fire and lightning and stuff like that involved. And personally, I found those weapons to be even more engaging and satisfying and cool. Right, I had a really good time playing a medieval. I think very highly of it. On the game itself, as it progresses, they do a very good job of ramping up difficulty and giving you opportunities to explore and kind of discover things on your own. You know, where it's like your first encounter with this guy, he's more or less a boss, right? Or a mini boss. And it gives you an opportunity to really flesh out what it takes to kill this guy before you know it. You get two of them at a time, and before you know it, there's a bunch of them, because at that point, you're so up to speed on what you need to do to deal with them and how they're going to attack you that you can handle it, right? They don't throw it all at you at once. It's a guided journey, and the levels themselves change the enemy types and the enemy effectiveness from level to level, right? So things don't get stale. One of my favorite things about a medieval really comes down to the graphics. Unlike some of these other games, I did beat a medieval and loved it and then came back and played it again after some content updates because they added RTX ray tracing, right? And it really does make the game absolutely stunning. If you were to look at a screenshot of the game on medium settings... It looks like pixel art, right? And it actually is. I don't know that there's anything genuinely three-dimensional within the game, but the shading and lighting is done so masterfully that if you crank it up on the highest settings, then the game looks absolutely phenomenal. It has this really big emphasis on style, and it's just all around amazing. I love a medieval. Like, if you like old-school first-person shooters, if you like the newer boomer shooters, and you haven't played a medieval, you absolutely should. If you don't have any interest in boomer shooters or old-school games, you should still play a medieval because it's mindless fun. You load into the game, you have your awesome weapons, you have awesome soundtracks, you have really interesting places that you're going, and it's just fun. I cannot overstate how important it is for me to feel like the game I'm playing is fun. And a medieval hits that. 10 out of 10, absolute S tier. No further questions. Moving on. Next on the docket, Ion Fury, formerly known as Ion Maiden. So Ion Fury is, in a sense, a continuation or a reimagining of Duke Nukem. Right, I believe that's where the concept of the Maiden originally came from, is Duke Nukem 3D. But it's a standalone game on its own, and due to copyright issues and whatnot, it's now Ion Fury. And I would say that the game is really good, especially if you are interested in playing a game on one of those old engines. Ion Maiden, or Ion Fury. Fuck, dude, quit changing game names. Copyright nerds. Ion Fury is a build engine game that is super fun, super cool, right? The thing about Ion Fury is it really proved that even with the holy trinity of build engine games, being Blood, Duke Nukem, and Shadow Warrior, we thought that the build engine had been pushed to its limit, and we see with Ion Fury that that is simply not the case, right? It goes even further. There are even more enemies, even more effects, even more interesting interactable things around the environment. 
and the core gameplay itself is very well paced and very interesting, right? I will say the secrets in that game are absolutely absurd, right? Like I, I go out of my way to look for secrets playing games, and I don't think I even got a third of them in Ion Fury, right? There is a ton of shit to do in that game if you want to really 100% it. But if you just want to go through and experience one of those build engine games, right? That would be my number one recommendation. I think Duke Nukem's probably the most noob-friendly of the original build games. Shadow Warrior and Blood are both harder than RoboCop dick, to be honest with you. I still haven't played entirely through them because I refuse to drop the difficulty. Maybe that says something about me. Maybe that says something about the games. I don't know. I'm not playing on the hardest difficulties. I'm just trying to get my my feet under me and I, I just die and I don't know how or why that happened, you know. One of these days I'll get around to it. But with that being said, Ion Fury is actually, in my opinion, a better starting point than any of those. If somebody wants to experience this type of gameplay with, with you know, all of the modern advancements we can possibly pack into this game style without reinventing it, per se, Ion Fury does that all extraordinarily well. Super fun game. Again, the sound, the weapon sounds are good. The weapons themselves are really fun and satisfying. The enemies are designed well. And while I only think I'm about 80% through the game because I dropped it for something else, I have every intention of finishing it, right? Because Ion Fury was a super good time. My opinion, Ion Fury's A tier. I don't think it's as good as D Dusk or Medieval. Just my opinion. I'm not biased and pandering. But it's definitely up there, right? It's one of the best experiences for this type of gameplay you could possibly have. Moving on, we have Dread Templar. This is one of those. Might, might upset some people. Personally, I played it a little. I thought about not even including it in this list but it's so widely recognized as one of these games that I felt obligated to. I didn't have very high opinions of Dread Templar. I played it like at launch, or maybe it was even in early access. I don't even know that it was finished yet. Um, and it was okay, but it just wasn't anything special for me. Uh, I actually have Dread Templar D tier, right? And it's not alone in that. So maybe once we talk more about the other games in D tier and C tier and why they're there, that'll be a better barometer for whether or not you should take me at face value on Dread Templar not being one of the best boomer shooters, right? But personally, I it was one of those that was kind of forgettable to me. Like, I, I really am struggling to recall anything that happened in that game, right? Next, we have H-Rot. And I know that this one has its fan base, but for me, it's like they leaned into the authentic but unnecessary aspects of one of those old games. To me, Atrot feels much like a reimagined, lower-quality version of Quake. Everything is just brown, Slight, vaguely confusing in some of the levels. Like, the guns work and stuff. I don't... <clears throat> it's just not for me, right? Like, I love the innovators from that time period. Like, actual Quake and the build engine games and Doom and stuff. And I love people who take that, tweak it, make it their own, and breathe new life into it. Like Dusk and Ion Fury, right? For me, Atrot is trying very hard to be exactly like one of those older games, and it's just not in a positive direction, right? Like, the fact that everything, and I do mean everything, is brown seems unnecessary to me. It doesn't take me back. It's not nostalgic. It's annoying, quite frankly, right? Just my opinion, HROT, D-tier boomer shooter, right? But in defense of Atrot and Dread Templar, who are sitting all the way down at the bottom of the list, 
They're in really tough competition. If I opened this up to some of the lesser-known games that I've also played, like White Hell and Carnal and things like that, they would probably be significantly higher. But I really wanted to go quality over quantity on this list. So next up, man, man, I really don't... I don't even want to talk about this game, right? Because I haven't got my hands on the full game. I've played through the demo like 20 times. And I just haven't been able to pull the trigger on the full game, right? And I think I'm going to. Maybe maybe if Roger ever comes back, I'll see if he wants to check that game out. We can jump onto it. That game is arguably as well respected and appreciated as Dusk and a Medieval, right? The game I'm talking about is Ultra Kill. So what Ultra Kill has going for it that I found really cool is that it really, really, really leans into what Doom Eternal did so well, right? The amount of creativity that you have in Ultra Kill between all of your different utility, like the grappling hook, the different weapons, the different ways you can use those weapons is super sick. Like, even though, keep in mind, I've only played the demo several times. Um, so I haven't got to experience all these cool new weapons, right? But personally, as soon as I saw that there was a gun where you can flip a coin and shoot that coin to immediately headshot things, that's all I did, right? Did I make the game harder on myself? Almost certainly. But the truth is, I loved running around in circles, flipping coins, and headshotting people behind me. I don't care that it takes longer or that it's not as efficient. It was super fun. I love the scoring system in Ultra Kill, right? The way it pops up and lets you know what your combo's doing, going through CBAS, right? Super cool. There's obviously a ton of replayability in that game, and based on what I believe to know, I think that that's really an integral part of it, right? You play through the game, you get your different weapons, now you can go back and do earlier levels, really kind of try to get a high combo or a speed run. It's 1,000% up my alley. I just haven't pulled the trigger on it. Maybe it's because so many Ultra Kill fans shit on Doom Eternal, right? And I don't take kindly to that. But again, it's unfair of me to, uh, to blame the game for its community. And I d I'm sure the majority of the Ultra Kill community thinks very highly of Doom Eternal, and that's why they bought Ultra Kill, right? So it doesn't have the advantages of the of the worlds being as well developed or the graphics being as good. You know, it's very low poly. It's much more simplistic in all of the designs, right? But they also churn out some content. You know, this isn't a game that took half a decade to release. And it's not a game that takes a year to come out with DLC or to add meaningful content, right? So I want to put Ultra Kill in S tier, but based off my limited experience with it, it has led me to believe that it is an A tier game, right? So in S tier, we have Dusk and a Medieval. A tier, we have Proteus, Ion Fury, and now Ultra Kill, right? B tier, we have Project Warlock. C tier, to be continued. And D tier, we have H Rot and Dread Templar. Next one was uh, really kind of a bummer for me, honestly, because I was really looking forward to this game and it, it just didn't do what I wanted it to do. But it's, it's not the biggest disappointment on this list, I'll guarantee you that. Next one is Wrath, Aeon of Ruin. And... It looked really cool in the trailers. I was really excited to play this game, and it does have some really cool things. You know, you have that little Assassin's Creed Altair hand sword, right? And you can actually charge it up and use it as a movement ability, which I really enjoy because I really like movement, especially doing things like that. Like in Shadow Warrior 2, I love that I could lunge super far with the swords. When I play Overwatch, I like playing people like Doomfist, right? I like good movement abilities. 
And this game does the movement pretty well, but it really falls flat in other areas, right? They have they have a weird save system, right? You can't just save whenever you want. It takes a consumable item that you have to kind of save up and make sure you have so that you can create save points. And the game in and of itself, while very promising in many ways, feels a little bit too open, right? Not quite linear enough. It's pretty easy to get lost or confused or just ask yourself, so what do I need to do, right? The game overall was not bad, but it also, I didn't finish it. I was really excited to play it, and I, that steam took me, no pun intended, that motivation took me like halfway through the game, and then I was like, okay, well, I know what I'm in for now, and I, I don't really care for any more, to be honest. So, Wrath Aeon of Ruin is our first entry into the C tier. Right. Moving on, this game is actually very, very recent, right? Super recent. And so recent that people wouldn't put it in this category. So recent that people wouldn't know to acknowledge this game in this category. And maybe we shouldn't, right? But I'm going to because I played it. The game is called Action. A Q T I O N, I believe. Maybe A Q U T I O N. I think it's just AQ. Anywho, action is essentially uh, quake action, right? It has this really Counter-Strike sourcey feel and vibe to it with the weapons and the animations and the sound effects with quake movement, right? So the pros on this game are that it's absolutely free, right? And the game is not even 150 megabytes. If you're looking for something with a lot of immersion and polish and stuff like that, this is not your game, right? I'm, I'm going to be straight up with you. Like I said, typically you need some amount of nostalgia or at least appreciation for those older games to not be bothered by it. But the movement at its core has a very high skill ceiling. It's very fun, very fast, very bouncy. The weapons are pretty good, although it suffers from that very real Quake multiplayer deathmatch experience where you just get absolutely dicked on and have no idea why, right? You, you can get shot from anywhere all the time, and it just happens. If you put in the time to learn the movement text and to learn how the weapons work, I'm sure that can be overcome. Personally, I just saw that there was a new boomer shooter that was free to play that was based on multiplayer instead of a single player campaign that was leaning heavily into that Counter-Strike source feel mixed with Quake, right? I picked it up. I downloaded it immediately. Like I said, not even 150 megabytes. And while it's clunky, or excuse me, it's not clunky, while it seems very low quality, and it is, it actually has some really cool things that you can experience as a gamer from that, right? So, for instance, you load into the game and you have, like, four options. It's like play online, play offline, settings, right? You click play online. It says what you want to play, team deathmatch, deathmatch, maybe a couple of others. You click on one, boom, within half of a second, you're in the game. Like, you don't even have time to acknowledge a loading screen. You want to leave the game, you press escape, you'll have the same options. Play online, offline, exit, quit game, something like that. Well, if you want to click play offline, you go through that. As soon as you hit go, you're there. If you're in an online game and you go into a different online game, the response time is so quick, it'll blow your mind. I guarantee you, you've never played a game with less bloat, less loading, less things to do to actually jump into a game, right? So, it's not a great game, but it is a novelty. It is vaguely entertaining if you have a couple of buddies that would be interested in playing it. I'm sure you could have fun for 10 or 15 minutes. 
like I said, the game downloads instantly and it's free. So if that sounds even vaguely appealing, check out Action. For me, it's a D tier, right? It's down there with Atrot and Dread Templar. It's just not a great game, right? The thing it has going for it is unlike those other games, it's absolutely free. But I also played it less than either of those other games because it's pretty straightforward. What you see is what you get. I wanted to feel it. I did. And then I was done with it. Moving on, we have Nightmare Reaper, right? Nightmare Reaper is, in my opinion, almost if like Project Warlock and Ion Fury had a baby. Right, because you have the female protagonist, you have some similar mechanics to all of those old games, much like Ion Fury. But at the same time, the styling of the graphics is so heavily influenced by Project Warlock. And that's just what I'm thinking, right? For all I know, they had locked down that style of graphics before Project Warlock was even being considered. I have no idea. But in from a layman's perspective, watching gameplay side by side, that's about what you're getting, right? I've not played through Nightmare Reaper. I believe I played episode one back when that was all that was out. And I know the full game's out now, but man, there's just so many games, so little time. It's on my list. If I'm likely to get to any part of my list, it's my boomer shooter list, right? Those are the ones I'm really excited to play. So for me, based on the limited interaction I had with the game, back in earlier access, I put it at a B, right beside Project Warlock. They're both really fun games, really entertaining. I'm just not in awe of the design of the game or how things happen, you know? It's good, mindless fun, right? Nothing wrong with that. And then last but not least, well, almost least, most disappointing game on this list for sure, Graven. My problem with Graven is that it looked super cool. I was really looking forward to it. I finally got my hands on it. I was so excited to play it. And I enjoyed it in the beginning. Hell, I enjoyed it in the middle, right? But it was more like I kind of enjoy it, you know? I think that there's not a whole a really strong incentive to keep playing and figuring out what's going on. Like I had a really good time in the very beginning of the game when everything was brand new. I had a good time when I got my first couple of weapons, you know, crossbow that shoots rocks and stuff like that. It was cool. But they they just really didn't do a lot with it, to be honest, right? Like, the, the levels don't look super bad or anything, but there's nothing interesting. There's no, like, set pieces that are really going to make you say, whoa, what's that? Or, oh, shit, should I go in there, right? It's all pretty copy and paste. You have your grass, you have your water, you have your rocks, you have enemies. There, There's no intelligent design behind the enemies that makes them particularly engaging or anything. It's, uh, it's kind of going point A to point B, kill everything, with, with very little to be said about it. And traveling around isn't super fun or cool either. That's what people said about Shadow Warrior 3, and that's largely how arena shooters play out, right? But this is less of an arena shooter, more of a linear story that takes place in an open world with without anything really standing out as being new or innovating or super interesting, honestly. Uh, Graven really bummed me out because I was super excited for that game. Uh, I'm not the only person that feels this way. Most of us were pretty bummed, right? Expectations were really high for Graven, not in some weird kind of cyberpunk way where it's unrealistic, it was just based on the videos and the trailers and stuff. It looked like a really cool, engaging, thief-hexen-type game, right? And it's it's really not. So, I put Graven C-tier. With all that being said, that brings our list, starting from the worst to the best. In D-tier, we have H-Rot. Action, 
and Dread Templar. C tier, we have Wrath, Aeon of Ruin, and Graven. B tier, we have Project Warlock and Nightmare Reaper. A tier, we have Proteus, Ion Fury, and Ultra Kill. And then the Creme de la Creme LS tier. Dusk and a Medieval. League of their own, my opinion. I really feel like Ultra Kill probably is S tier, but I just haven't experienced it to that point. Proteus and Ion Fury, I feel solid about being hard locked at A. Um, maybe they finished Proteus and added more content to it, and I would go back and revisit it. I would have a blast playing it, right? But it's not going to be comparable to a Medieval or Dusk. Same is true with Ion Fury. Really good game, super solid. It's just not going to enter that conversation. If you guys, maybe if you guys want to be S tier, you should hire Andrew Herschelts, right? That's the easiest way to do this. That's the lowest common denominator. He is the answer to your problems. So with all of this being said, that's my non-biased or pandering opinion on the boomer shooters. And I will say we have some upcoming boomer shooters that I want to shed a little bit of light on. Take just 30 seconds to drop some knowledge, right? If you're listening to this, I assume you either have played a lot of these games and you're interested in what might be coming out. Or maybe you haven't played any of these games, but knowing that some of them have sequels will really grab your attention and you might be interested in them. So... Firstly, number one for me, the one I'm most excited about without question, is A Medieval The Black Labyrinth, right? This is a prequel to A Medieval that should have all of the bells and whistles with even more super cool weapons and set pieces. Everything I've seen on trailers and stuff has gotten me really excited about the game and to be fair, if it's a bummer, I'll let you know that. If I'm disappointed by Black Labyrinth, you can expect to hear that. But I doubt that's going to happen. They don't even have to improve it from a medieval. All they have to do is diversify. Like, a couple of different weapons, a couple of different settings, follow the same formula. They're going to hit it out of the park. 99 out of 100, right? Not a question in my mind. Secondly... We have Project Warlock 2. I'm really interested to see if they can improve or further develop Project Warlock as a, as a game, you know? I really enjoyed the first one, but if the second one's going to be bigger and better, I'm here for it, dude. Like, I, I would love to see it. I haven't been following that one as closely. I plan on just buying it when it comes out. I don't need the hype or anything. I know they have my money. Give me the game. It's on you. You make the game, you have my money. End of conversation. Another game coming up soon. Fallen Aces, right? And there is a demo available for this. To be honest, similar to Project Warlock 2, I, I haven't downloaded the demo. And I've been almost avoiding consuming content related to the game because I know I want to buy it. I know I want to play it. What really gets my attention with Fallen Aces is the art style. has this really cool, like, interactive comic book feel to it, almost similar to a first-person version of the show Archer, right? And... Man, I'm so excited to get my hands on that. I don't know that it's even going to be a shooter. It might be more of a brawler. I, I'm kind of keeping myself in the dark just because I don't I don't want to have expectations going into the game. I already know that I want to experience it. I trust the developers with my life, and the art style looks incredible. Super excited to get my hands on Fallen Aces. And last but not least, hopefully not least assuming that it won't be in the same breath as Wrath and Graven, we have Gloomwood, right? Gloomwood is described by Google as a stealth horror FPS that follows your mysterious abduction to a forgotten, twisted Victorian metropolis in the midst of a horrifying transformation. Wield your cane sword and take to the shadows as you uncover the accursed mystery 
hidden within the fog, right? And it's more or less a reimagining or new version of Thief, right? I think that has very good potential. I think it also could get majorly fucked up, at least for my taste, right? I like meaningful stealth. I like the suspense it builds. I really enjoy assassination options, right? Stuff like that. But if it's a pain in the ass to do, then I'll probably just go guns blazing and see what happens. I'm definitely interested. I'm definitely going to give it a try. It's made by New Blood Interactive, the same people making Fallen Aces that have already made Dusk and a Medieval, right? New Blood Interactive is the gold standard for game development in my brain. And at least one of the developers is David Szymanski, the man behind Dusk itself, right? So that kind of calms my worries. I was getting a little bit of a... Uh, I was getting a little bit of Graven PTSD, thinking that this game looks kind of like Graven, has me about as excited as Graven did, right? But if David Szymanski of New Blood Interactive is taking charge on Gloomwood, then I have no doubt that it'll be an absolute masterpiece. So, my personal to-be-announced upcoming games that I'm really looking forward to in the genre Gloomwood, Fallen Aces, Project Warlock 2, and a medieval Black Labyrinth. Hopefully sooner rather than later. Alright, you filthy animals. Go play some Dusk. It's a good time. Get learned. Who's gonna stop me now? Who's gonna tear me down? Remember this?